peeps. Welcome back to The Paper Fold. This week, my guest Liz Scott hails from my neck of the woods, namely Bath, Ohio, which is an affluent suburb of Akron. It's about a half hour's drive from where I live. LeBron lives there, or at least he does when he's in town. And the area itself is rather atypical in that a lot of its black residents are either cavaliers or otherwise associated with the NBA. I first got acquainted with Liz when she opened Lovely Somethings about five years ago. I would see her at shows, and I actually never went to her store until I was planning my daughter's bat mitzvah in 2019. At that point, she helped me immensely with our Save the Dates, and one chilly spring morning, I drove to check her store out. It was such an adorable space with a postage stamp side store downstairs and then our equally cozy invitation studio upstairs. Liz has a really lively Instagram feed, a really engaged audience, and all was well. So I was pretty surprised when she announced that it was closing late that year. But I knew that Liz is the kind of person who always has a plan or two up her sleeve, so it wouldn't be the last I'd hear from her. Well, not only has she morphed Lovely Somethings into Troop Lovely Somethings to keep herself in the paper game, letting go of that lease has also freed Liz up to open up about her experiences as a white woman married to a black man in 2020 in Ohio. Her series, My Husband is Black and I'm Not Special, actually is quite special. It provides Liz's honest and open narrative of her marriage to Blair from her perspective. She covers everything from how their families initially responded to their relationship to getting pulled over by a white police officer late at night in another affluent suburb, also not too far from my house, to what happened when they put up a Biden sign on their front lawn. I really, really recommend everyone read it. For that reason, I linked it in the liner notes. To me, there is something about reading these very honest accounts that almost feels like you're eavesdropping. Maybe that's what makes them so powerful. And I have to be honest, in inviting Liz here, it did not feel authentic to me as another white woman to dissect this with Liz via my admittedly limited perspective. I see my role here to be a listener who only asks the occasional question to better my understanding, if that So in interviewing Liz about the series, I instead focused on what its impact has been on her business, on her community, on her world. I think you'll be surprised, and it's all coming up after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, 
journals and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chase dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from LA to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless looks surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the US and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, LA Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl With Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. All right. I am in the paper fold with Liz Scott of Lovely of Troop Lovely Somethings. Liz, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Oh, I'm so I'm so I'm so uh, thrilled you're here, and it's a joy to see your face. <laughs> it feels like a long time, doesn't it? It does, like forever. Um, so I was trying to remember when you did close your store. Was it about a year ago? 
It was, I had to look it up before uh, coming on today. It was December 13th. Okay. All right. Year. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. It, okay. So what made you decide to close it when you did? Well, I mean, honestly, like it, it wasn't a surprise that we were going to close the exact day and timing of doing it actually happened quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years, you know, we'd been watching things. So we were open for a little over five years. Um, and, you know, things change. And while our sales continued to grow, I was just spread so thin. Like I was literally working 120 hours a week. Um, and <laughs> like, while I thought it was manageable, you know, maybe not. But um, <laughs> But the finances are really what it came down to. And, you know, even in talking with you, Sarah, we had considered even opening another space and like how that might go. Um, but in the end, we did end up closing because November of 19 was just not good. And you need those months so much to pay for the January, February, March of the next year. And somehow we'd always made it and, you know, saw decent growth. But the upcoming year and like things continue to change with online shopping and all the things we all talk about. So it was just time to pull the plug and we went to the accountants and tried to figure out timing. And we literally announced it that same night and started it the next day. Wow. Yeah. Well, that must've been like a very emotional process. For sure. And, and um, and obviously it was very hard for you, but now looking back on it, maybe you feel like you dodged a major bullet. I mean, how could I not? Yeah. My mom <laughs> and I, my mom was very involved with the business. We talk almost every day about how it, it sounds awful because there are so many still in the position, but how lucky we were that we decided to do it when we did because while I was in debt from the shop and still am, like it could have been far worse. Right, right, right. And just so stressful. And right. um, yeah. Um, so, but then, so you started Troop Lovely Somethings. Um, and I want to kind of hear about um, the, the concept and how you envisioned it and, and how it's evolving. Yeah. So the shop was called Lovely Somethings and we started by, I actually had my own graphic design studio doing more like corporate work. And then I was doing friends wedding invitations and then I opened the shop. Um, and one of the things I always wanted to do when I had the shop was like, I had this in my head, like Shelley Long, Troop Beverly Hills, you know, us 80s children. Um, <laughs> I know exactly. I get the reference. Oh, okay, I, saw the, I saw that movie like six times. Yeah. Do the Freddy. Um, <laughs> But like the idea and like I grew up as a Girl Scout and all of that, but like we had developed such a community within the shop and like people became friends because of it. And I think that's, you know, where all of the paper people connect um, of doing like some extracurricular type thing. And so, you know, the last year we had the shop, it was kind of like this is the year we try everything and laid out the money and did all of the things and to see if, if we really could keep going. Mm -hmm. And so towards the end, we ended up having these evenings where people could just come for free and write letters and different things. 
it didn't necessarily go as great as I had hoped. Um, and free nights, you would think you'd get more people, but you get less people. Uh, so that's really where Troop Lovely Something started, and I had patches made and all of that. But like where the new current and my Instagram is now Troop Lovely Somethings versus Lovely Somethings um, came from was once the pandemic started really. Um, I had closed the shop in December. And if I'm rambling, Sarah. No, no, you're not. No, 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 no. I'm wrapped. Okay. Uh, so, oh, we closed the shop in December. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was working on figuring out new jobs and how to pay off all this stuff from the shop. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then the pandemic hit. And so all of my friends have like young children, like elementary school age. And, like, I saw them stressing, like, trying to figure out how to work from home, keep their kids busy and all of that. And it was, like, I feel like I could throw something together. So I created these sheets of, like, teaching kids cursive and um, printing. And I actually pulled some from the internet and made them mm-hmm. cute and branded and that. Uh-huh. But so I put those online and people were just eating it up. And it was, like, wait this somehow ties into that troop idea. So like go from there. I mean, I think honestly, the, um, the, I know it was sort of an accidental selection, but I think the fact that you use troop is really smart because, you know, you started, okay. So you started the, the store and you had your, you know, um, you know, your, your location, but the idea of a troop is something that goes out and does something. Right. And it's fair. That's a very powerful concept right now. And when we did it within the store, like that was one part, but I also wanted to do like events and like field sure. trips and like go visit letterpress Jess in Canton and, you know, other paper shops. Um, of course, given the state of the world, that's not exactly possible right now, but maybe that'll happen. Right, right. But instead, you can send all these things out, um, whether it's online or whether it's your, uh, it's the, bo- are they boxes? Well, yeah. So after the cursive thing, it's like, wait, the things that I loved most about the store, like being able to curate like the best paper you know, that we all see at the National Stationery Show and all of that and working with the makers who have turned into my friends over all these years, like being able to do that again was so exciting. So I put together little, I've had to call them boxes slash packs slash toolkits because like everything I do, it just can't be simple. Um, <laughs> That's a gift and a curse. Which is why I work up so much. But um, so we had a big gift closet box. Blair named it my husband. So it was full of like things that people would come into the shop for, like that you just need to have on hand to give to someone. Though most people ended up keeping it all for themselves. <laughs> and then we did. So that was an actual box. And then the Mm -hmm. toolkit is probably the most popular one. And it's four greeting cards. Generally, there's a thank you, a birthday, and then two other cards, plus Mm -hmm. stamps with it. So people have no excuse to, like, not mail their cards. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. 
um, a writing utensil and then usually a surprise like stickers I design or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we also springing off from the cursive thing, mm -hmm. we did, what did I call it? The little somethings pack. Um, <laughs> and so those are big, like eight and a half by 11 sheets that I laminate and there's like a silver ring to keep them all together so kids can reuse them. And so every month I've had to come up with different tasks like scavenger hunts or like fall foliage, making faces out of them and that, and they get a drawing utensil and then more stickers. So right, everyone knows right. stickers are hot. Right, right. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, I'm just finishing up our fall issue of Stationary Trends, and I could not believe how many people were doing sticker sheets. Like every everyone and their mother is putting it's out. So easy. I mean, relatively easy, and like the margins are incredible on them. Right, right, right. So you know what started off as a real downer. Um, <laughs> for you <laughs> at the end of 2019 has like turned into like something sustainable that you're making work. Well, sustainable, Sarah, is a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's working for today. <laughs> it's it's working for up until last week. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> like, we actually launched it through Indiegogo and had huge success. Um mm -hmm trying to maintain things. And like, because I am now working a full-time job again, like it's tricky. Like I don't have time to do all the marketing I once did, but right. so I'm going to pivot a, a little bit and do more of like pop-up boxes versus being like monthly subscriptions. Right. So that you can just put them together and kind of have them and then send them when you get the order. Yeah, so we're still gonna do pre-order to make sure we know how many we want and that, but <laughs> like maybe like twice a year or quarterly versus every month, and the kids right. stuff is just a lot to do. So that one, yeah, it's fun, but I've got to imagine that it just means so much uh, to parents. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times during pandemic I said to myself, thank God my kid is like 14 yeah. and can kind of, and she's a self-starter and she can kind of look after herself and I don't have to be standing over her shoulder, making sure that uh, she's uh, keeping up with, with, you know, whatever it is that she needs to keep up with. So mm -hmm. Um, I talk to crazy paper people on podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now that I found this stream yard, I can actually see them, which I don't think I've seen you since your party. Yeah, last, which, your, that was your birthday anyway. party, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like so, yesterday and then five years ago. So um, I'm going to take a quick break, but we're going to come right back and I have some more questions for Liz. So stay tuned. Hey, 
neighbor peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. We're back. Um, so one thing that you mentioned to me uh, was that um, when we were chatting before we started recording was that you said, you know, the fact that I closed the store kind of allowed me to be a little bit more open about, um, you know, my experiences, basically being married to a black man um, and 
Um, you have opened up about that in a series of, of posts that you released, um, I guess, um, um, here and there since, mm-hmm. since June. Um, I kind of sat down and read everything last night and I'm still sort of processing it all. Um, but I wanted to talk about just your decision to open up about this. Um, you know, did you discuss it with Blair before? Like, how did it, how did it come about? Uh, the briefer answer, I guess, well, no, it it just can't be brief, I guess. No, don't, Um, don't worry about brevity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. And most of you, if there's anyone listening, um, don't know me, but (laughs) needless to say, I am a white woman and (laughs) I'm a rather private person. And so I mentioned it in my article too, but, um, Unfortunately, growing up, I had a rather bad childhood. And so I was verbally abused for the first 19 years of my life and my family. Um, So we had just kind of kept lots of secrets and basically lied about a lot of things. Which is not, I mean, not that it wasn't horrible. And I'm I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, it's far from uncommon. Right, for sure. And and, you know, it's even weird just saying that to you, but at some point I was asked to, Blair and I were asked to be the co-chairs for an organization I was involved with, Child Guidance and Family Solutions. And in doing so for fundraising, I ended up sharing my story about that, not with regards to Blair, my personal um, childhood, but that moment gave me Like, I was shocked by the reception. And like you just said, unfortunately, it's not uncommon. Um, But the reception I got for it and, like, people talking to me about it and being able to be open about their past and that was so fulfilling is the wrong word, but... Maybe empowering? Yeah, for sure. And so, like, as things have changed since I did that, probably six or so years ago, like I've just had this like spark inside me. And so, you know, when I see and feel and have to live these injustices, I can't help but be quiet anymore. Um, So, you know, as, as we all know, what happened this summer in Minnesota with George Floyd and everything that's happened since then, people have spoken up more, but the reality is that it's been going on, you know, for 400 years. And I'm, right. We just have phones now. We right. just have phones so to record it. All and can comment on it for a week and then it's gone again. Um, right. But right. When the next, when the next one comes along and we forget. Exactly. All that um, so Blair and I will have been together almost nine years now. And so I really didn't start seeing things until being with him. And, you know, part of my story is, like, we got pulled over once on a drive back from Cleveland, like, 40 minutes away, and, like, Blair could have died. Um, And I think them seeing me in the car changed matters. And, you know, I'd had this inside me that I wanted to, like, get it out for years. And Mm -hmm. um, when Mr. Floyd died, like, I just couldn't not. And so I literally... Like at that point I wasn't working. Like I was just hanging out at the house. And so, uh, so like my boxes were done for the month and I, (laughs) 
you had no cursive things to put together. Right, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm like, I can't inventory any more bench press cards. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) So I just kept writing. And then I ended up having this 15-page paper. And I'm like, now what do I do with it? And, uh, but I couldn't just put it out there because I, you know, I'm this white woman and like, Sarah, honestly, I've been thinking about that before talking to you today. Like just saying that I'm a white woman to me saying that I'm white always felt almost like a bad word. Like we don't talk about our race and, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. Um, I mean, it, it's very similar. I mean, we don't really talk about class in this country, but right. it very much exists, you know, so. Totally. <laughs> so I, yeah. 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 Keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm babbling. Oh, just edit a lot. Um, <laughs> so, but you started, you know, you felt the need to get it out. Yeah. I mean, like once the floodgates open and you kind of see the power of sharing and, you know, how unloading, you know, I'm a writer all my life. Right. So I've always kind of, and I think for me, like I grew up like not necessarily feeling so understood. And so I used to just read all the time and just lose myself in books. And then I wanted to write so that I could kind of get it out. Um, but I think like a lot of people, you know, are just discovering the power of this. And so like, for whatever reason, like you were at this point where you it, like the floodgates were opening <laughs> and <laughs> I couldn't stop it. Um, but tying it back into the story too, like we were able to be open for five plus years because of Instagram. Like we barely did any advertising and I was just able to share like, not just the products, but like little bits of our lives and like drinking Manhattan cocktails and, you know, all of those little things, but people would come into the store and talk to me about my vacations and like having that connection. So I wrote this beast of a thing and I just, it was just very like stream of consciousness, like as if I'm talking to you right now. But so then what do I do with it? I couldn't just put it out there without seeing, without anyone like seeing at first. And you asked about that. So I, um, I think I first showed Blair and you've met him a few times. Like, yes, he seems just really quiet. He just seems like a real quiet kind of almost pensive guy. Like there's a lot going on beneath the surface. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm married to someone very much like that. And I don't know if Rick is the same way, but Blair, like at home when it's just us, like I can't get him to shut up any, he'll probably walk in here whistling as we're recording (laughs) this. So, but getting him to respond to it, he just felt that it was good, but I needed more, like I needed more response than that. So I contacted his cousin, our cousin, Michelle. And mm-hmm. so we had a over three hour phone call going through like point by point. And it was just talking about things, but also like I got such an education there and like capitalizing the letter B in black and like right. all of these different things and making sure that I wasn't justifying um, some of like my behaviors, our family's behaviors, all of these things, and really calling them out right. for what they were. Right, right. Well, sometimes in t- attempting to explain something, right. it can come off as 
defensive. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, there's so many holes you could have walked into. So <laughs> I think you were really smart. I think you were really smart about it. You have to pick your, you know, you have to choose your words very carefully. This is a, this is a, a weighty issue that a lot of people, you know, are significantly, you know, emotionally invested in. And, you know, you're trying to, you know, promote openness and new conversations, not, you know, you know, more, uh, adversarialness, which we have exactly. no shortage of. <laughs> so right. I, I had to too, because a lot of the stories involve like my family, like I needed to have my mom see it and my stepdad and no matter their reaction, I think I was going to go with it, but they were very supportive of it. But then I also wanted to make sure that Blair's dad saw it as well. His mom has passed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, just a little snippet, like, speaking with his dad on the phone, like, he, I mean, the title of the thing is, my husband is black and I'm not special, but he. <laughs> Which I would disagree with, but that's a whole well, other thing. Well, I know, exactly, and then Blair's dad, my father-in-law was like, Liz, you are special. I'm like, okay, whatever, that's not the point of this. But then he also asked me, Sarah, he's like, so are you sure you really want to put this out there? Like, do you want to be a warrior? I think is what he said. Right, right. And I just felt like I, I didn't have a choice about it. Like I needed to. And if that's what I need to do and to help just even my husband, like, that's what I do. Right, right, right. Well, when you choose, when you enter an industry that is all about communication and connections, when you're in the midst of something like this, it's very hard to just, you know, keep a stiff upper lip and, and you know, just proceed. Um, has it, has putting this out, um, like harmed your business at all? Have you gotten any negative feedback? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Other than the answering, I have you have to tell me about the voicemail message. I'm sorry. Oh my that god, the funniest thing in the world. I should play it for you. Um, so <laughs> I at first, so if you go on our Instagram feed, lovely somethings, not a shameless plug, just so you can see the. There's one column of our posts that I've tried to keep all like social activism, Black Lives Matter, or COVID or um, things. Some that kind really... of awareness. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I actually try and encourage other people to do that, to keep a routine of it. Because like I was joking earlier, you know, it goes away after so long. And so when I wrote my behemoth of a piece, Michelle talked about um, our cousin to like break it up because she wasn't sure if white people could handle all of it with one so, part. It's a lot. It is. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like how it's broken up. I like how you broke it up. I think you can figure out like maybe how to, cause I think at a certain point you will want to put it all together. I don't know. It's, it's so hard and it's, yeah. it's so personal. Like it's so, you have to tread carefully and is, and I have to tread carefully telling you how I would edit it. No. So, <laughs> and, and so it is there, like the full piece is there, but her suggestion was that I do break it apart into sections because then we could kind of time things more and right. keep it in people's um, the back of their heads or front of their heads. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't even know where I was going there, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Well, you were talking about, I was asking you about negative feedback. So I was like, you know, your Instagram is your, has always been your line to your customers. So if you're putting this on Instagram, I'm just curious as to, you know, I'm sure most of your community embraced it. Well, most for sure did, but you know, I think when I closed the shop, I was over 4,000 followers and every time, so every three posts I'm doing like an awareness post Mm -hmm. and at least for the first month or two, people were dropping like flies and I, and you know, you shouldn't care how many followers you have in that. And I don't care how many I have. I care how many I've lost a little bit because it makes me sad that those people can't even see that on their Instagram feed. Like, I think I'm under 3,700 now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is. It it is. It is sad. It is. I mean, you know, at least like take it in and listen. Like if you like the other products that you put out there, just, you know, have an open mind, just, you know, you know, put your feet up and stay a while. I look, I personally, uh, don't get it. Uh, I mean, the, but those customers that are there, you know, at least it's the majority. Right. For sure. And <laughs> like, people... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And I found it, I found, I found your writing very illuminating. I mean, I, well, I mean, we're just coming off, I'm Jewish. We're just coming off of Rosh Hashanah. I, I went to some digital services. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Um, But, you know, at the services, they really talked about listening, having these conversations, being open, not feeling the need to always be right. You know, these very, you know, just sort of ways to, you know, be a good neighbor and be a good citizen and, you know, be, try to be a better, try to be a good person, try to be the best you, you can be, I guess. And we all have to try (laughs) Right, right. And, um, and this is a special time of year where it, it uh, kind of um, all comes out. So like, I feel like reading it, it's like, wow, I have all this new stuff to process. And, um, but I can imagine, you know, maybe for some people, they, they do need to kind of sit with it for a little bit and then come back and hopefully they'll come back. I, you know, well, and if they don't like, I'm okay. (laughs) Um, Answering your question about the negative feedback, aside from getting people unfollowing, like just last weekend, I had someone comment on still Black Lives Matter post that I lost a client and I don't even know who this woman is and whatever, but it's- But she felt the need to tell you she lost her business. And as I was saying to you before we were recording, like if I had the shop, I, I'm i 90% sure I wouldn't not have been able to share all of this because I would be too worried about the different political sides. And I knew my customers and it was very across both aisles, I guess. Um, right, right. Look, it's hard enough to stay in business without exactly. making it 10 times more difficult for yourself. Like, that's what I think every time I see some business that put up a Biden sign or a Trump sign, it's like, right. look, regardless of where you are politically, like, you still want to sustain yourself. Like, right. that's what I can't understand. Yes. I mean, we can all fight against Amazon, but we don't have to fight against each other. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, I mean, but it is, it is brave. I mean, it is brave. I mean, for whatever reason, I mean, you're able, you're in a position where you're able to kind of speak your piece, still kind of feel like you have your hand in the industry. And, you know, that's a, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky with how things have worked out. And while we're definitely going through some trials, um, because of what's going on in the world politically mm-hmm. within my little house, my husband and I are happy. We have a crazy cat and some dogs and all of that. But Sarah too, like, despite the negativity, there's been so much like hope and that, that is derived from the article and like customers that I might have thought would be more conservative or like feel differently about things messaging me like long messages about how like they never considered some of the things I said or always wondered about interracial marriages and like different things and we're just so grateful for it so like I mean (laughs) yeah I mean it is it is and look I mean changing opening one person's mind is a huge success and that's how it happens and you don't know she might turn around and speak to 50 people and you know um, and in the sixties, I think they called it a consciousness raising, you know, oh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, um, that's how it's done. Um, so I, I did want to close, hopefully it's not too negative. I read your third, um, your last post last night and you talked a little bit about the yard signs. Um, so I want to, I want to ask you like, how is it to be in an interracial marriage right now in Akron in 2020? You live in LeBron's neighborhood. <laughs> I know LeBron is your neighbor. You mentioned in there that the only African Americans you know in Akron pay, play for the NBA. Like I know. you just sort of mentioned that off the cuff. <laughs> well, so I wrote that big like 15 page thing back in June, and I had omitted that part because like we love Bath and we still think it's a great community and all of that. But there, but honestly, like if Blair and I would have had children, like our kid would have probably been like one or two, maybe in the whole school. I'm not exactly sure, but we don't know other black people within the community aside from those who are in the NBA. And we don't actually know LeBron. I will clarify that. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, there goes my, there goes all my hopes of getting acquainted. (laughs) So when we did win the championship in Cleveland, the NBA championship, um, people used to come into the store and have me draw directions to drive by his house. I felt really bad about that. You could have made a star map. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we put out this big sign. And if you read the prologue, like Blair's had issues with signs and but the things that have come about because of it are just kind of mind blowing. Like, Yes, there are good things and people messaging us about how awesome it is, but also like people screaming as they're driving up the street. And then you mentioned the voicemail, like this (laughs) woman called and her brother lives at the street above us. And I feel bad. I, I went over this weekend and played it like a party like thing. Like you guys won't believe this. Listen to it. And we all laughed. <laughs> the hazards <laughs> of committing your voice on voicemail. <laughs> right. Um, 
But she was convinced that, you know, teenagers put the Biden sign in our yard and Blair must have been out of town. And I just couldn't remove it. Like I wasn't strong enough and like came up with these theories and she (laughs) called me to talk about this. And it's just bizarre. And felt comfortable enough and was so sure that she was correct that she left a very long message on your voicemail. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we, I live in, I live in, I live in Beachwood, which is right next to Shaker Heights, home of little fires, every originator of little fires everywhere. And it's a very, we are regarded as an integrated community, as I was discussing with you, but there's a lot of, you know, there's definitely antagonism. Um, and, uh, uh, I just, you know, I just, you know, reading your piece reminded me of something that happened to me growing up. Um, so I was in a car in high school and um, uh, I was a passenger and the driver was driving home an African-American kid, uh, dropping him off like we'd all been out, uh, whatever. And he and he was telling her where to drop her off, him off and where he lived. And he happened to live on the house he was getting dropped off at was the Rockefeller mansion on Fairmount Boulevard. And if you were in it, this actually, it's actually in Cleveland Heights. It might've been, he might've been a divorced child, but if you have driven down Fairmount Boulevard in Cleveland Heights, I mean, the thing is like, right. just, Oh, just like, you know, early, you know, uh, early uh, 20th century design and it's grand. And anyway, so she says to him, you live here. And, <laughs> And he said, he said, I know you think I can't live here because I'm black, but I do. And he said it like laughing and uh, smiling, like a joke, like, you know, very upbeat and smiling and like looking back on it, like I'm like, wow, he had to have the thickest skin and he had to be able to like, you know, come up with a humorous, like, you know, thing when people say that, because undoubtedly people said it all the time. And I, I just felt so bad that he had to, like, he was so much more socially developed than I was at that age. And that he even had to be, it just made me so sad um, thinking about and, it. You know, it wasn't the first time, obviously. Oh, he must've heard it all the time. And he, but he had it down. Like he just could laugh it off and make a joke and, you know, move on. And, um, and, uh, and it was sort of what Chandra Greer calls a teachable moment, you know, right. for me where it was like, okay, what's wrong with me that I assume that there was no way he could live in this house. So um um, yeah, I mean, we have a very weird relate, you know, Shaker even, you know, we're, we're considered very integrated, but we have a weird relationship. And my husband and I have always said, we don't put any, uh, yard signs in our house just because we like to keep it very private. Although I, we have been going back and forth about a black lives matter sign. I feel like mm-hmm. if I put a black lives matter sign, it's pretty clear who we're voting for. <laughs> right. That's what I wrote in that part three prologue was that Blair was starting to feel like so welcome and because there were so many Biden signs out. And I think I maybe saw like one Trump sign Um, and like he just felt so good. And then the night we put ours out, you know, these guys went around town and stole aside from ours because it's gigantic and I'm too weak (laughs) to remove it. Um, it's unstable. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's wrong. I mean, we've had people do it on both sides here as sure. well. Like I see the ring videos on Facebook and yeah. look, I mean, stay off people's lawns. My right. God. Yeah. What is wrong with people? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. Where do I start? <laughs> How so, many word ideas can we get out of this conversation? Oh my gosh. And the, the craziest thing, I mean, the most, I guess, what's so rewarding for me is that like, thank goodness, all the card people are making really funny cards that are oh, like keeping so me laughing and keeping my spirits up through this because without it, um, I don't know that I would. Um, have you seen that wild card creations? There's one uh, that wild card creation just came out with and it just says 2020 could be worse. Your name could be Karen. Like, <laughs> Well, and there's some gorgeous, like, did you see, I just ordered on Mr. Boddington's voting postcards. Yes. Oh, yes. So pretty. Yes. yes. And she has some wonderful, I mean, I call them Corona cards. I don't know if that's really the category, but that's what I call them. She has some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, that um, like I, I that I'm um, including in our fall issue that I was just so excited about. Um, it's it's nice to see that at least if if everything's hitting the fan, like all the makers are on top of their design games, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they're doing okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. I worry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, they all seem so young, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. I hope they're all doing okay and selling cards. <laughs> So, so anyway, I cannot thank you enough uh, for coming here and uh, and opening up and being so candid. Um, I am going to link all your posts uh, to the liner notes so that people can check them out. Uh, Please check out Troop Lovely Somethings. Um, It's it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Don't worry, it's not about. (laughs) No, it's about anything. But I just wanted to say, I remember, you know, when we were considering opening another store at the National Stationery Show, maybe two two or three years ago, there was a panel. I don't think you were moderating it. Um, How could that be? I know. <laughs> but I know Grace from Pink Olive was on it and Red Barn and a couple others about mm-hmm. how they have multiple shops. Um And what I really wanted to hear too, because even at that point, I was thinking, you know, like, I don't know how long we'll make it. Like, I wanted to hear from people that had to close one of their stores or if they've closed or anything like that. Because for a long time, I thought about how, like, the people that did close, like, what bravery that took in that. And, like, I just kept dragging it out a bit. So I just want to say, like, if anyone ever needs advice <laughs> on how to blow up your business. Um, I'm in, your girl. <laughs> in hopefully a good way. Let me know. I mean, look, it is, a, it is, you know, it's a hard decision. It's a brave decision. You know, these, biz- these businesses are your children and they're your families and, you know, you put so much into them. Um, when I interviewed Dan Collier, uh, from Daniel Richards, um, he has more stores than I can keep track of. Like every time, like, like okay, so you have the Archer brand, you have four of those, and then you have two of the Merchant of Atlanta's, but you opened one in Dallas. I, it's very hard to keep up. And he he has um, closed some stores, and you know he he 
you, when I interviewed him, he just said, look, I mean, the ones that were in malls that just are not getting the traffic, it's right. not so much that I'm closing them. I'm not renewing the lease. If the lease is up, then I'm, you know, focusing on others. So, you know, it's really seems to be a matter of like finding out what works and, you know, stream, hopefully your, you know, st your business is streamlined enough that you can still kind of run it, you know, sure. You and know, in these at the end too, like we were like, that's why we were interested in the Van Aken spot. Like, what we could do in a hundred square feet would like kill. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still think pop ups have legs, you know. I, I mean, like. Once we get out of this, not right now, don't open a pop-up. Don't, don't open a pop-up on my advice because I don't want to be responsible for the damage. But like if we were out of this, like I've always thought like, why doesn't someone open a like a holiday card pop-up where like you're taking the photos, you're designing the cards, you're placing the order and you're leaving. And, you know, I still think that's like, so viable and um maybe in like one of maybe we will one day collaborate on that and do that because i still think it can be done and yeah. uh i and i i hope to one day i um you know the paper source in my neighborhood i took my daughter there to buy a planner and like it was busy like there's still right. they're still plugging away so it's got legs we just have to be we just have to be you know, figure out how to make it work. Sure. Uh, so I'm glad that you have, I mean, I love the troop lovely somethings logo and like, it's yeah. too cute to walk away from. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not dying yet. So I'm having fun with it. So. You should, you should. And that is, and that is a captive market. Most moms I know are climbing the walls, uh, <laughs> right. present, company, present company included. So I, I think that that's, I think it's just so it's, it's, it's really valuable. And I mean, like anything you can think of that, you know, my daughter's in ninth grade and having a really bizarre um, first year of high school, right. anything you can figure out to connect some of these teens, maybe that as outside of Instagram, yeah. <laughs> like phenomenal. <laughs> the wheels are turning. Right, right. I know. I expect something next week. Okay. I'll add it to the agenda. <laughs> yeah. Get on that now. <laughs> so anyway, Liz, thank you so much for coming. It was a treat to see you and it was a treat to just get to sit down and uh, pick your brain a little bit. So thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz, for coming to the paper fold. Head on over to lovelysomethings.com to read Liz's powerful posts and to shop her beautifully curated stationary offerings available through Troop Lovely Somethings. Liz has Blackwing pencils and an extensive pen bar. She has amazing Corona cards from some of my favorite makers like Mr. Boddington Studio. She has subscription boxes and snarky stickers and a whole lot more. It's all linked in the liner notes. There is so much to discover. I hope you check it out. Finally, thank you so much for listening. As always, email me at sarah at the paper nerd .com with any feedback 
questions, if you're wanting to appear on an episode, or if you just have an idea for an episode. And if you are liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you so much, paper peeps. Please stay well.